0: No one no. To you from Brooklyn, New York. I'm Lisa Butterworth, and this is Caught Red Handed. Welcome to episode 23 of the Caught Red Handed podcast. As you have probably noticed, I've been obsessed with multi-person episodes lately, and this episode is no different. The theme this time is the letter N. I have Nick Nev and Noam with me today talking about our upcoming Moroccan Henna Workshop, which is called More More. So that's M-O-R-E and M-O-O-R, Moroccan Henna Mastery. More More will be held on the weekend of February 28th through March 1st. That's a Saturday and a Sunday in Brooklyn, New York. I am very biased when I say this, but this is an amazing workshop, if only for the fact that Nick, Noam, and I are all teaching together in one place for the first time, and we've brought in some heavy hitters of the henna world, Nev Levin of Remarkable Blackbird and Rebecca Friedner of Heartfire Henna as guest teachers. You'll hear from Nick, Nev, and Noam, and a little bit from me. Rebecca demurred from being interviewed. She felt like people might be sick of her voice on this podcast. Apart from the great team we have for this workshop, the fact that we are doing a whole weekend of all aspects of Moroccan Henna is our collective dream come true. Not only will it be two days packed with classes, but also it's a workshop with an excellent student-to-teacher ratio of no more than five students to one teacher, so there will be a lot of hands-on, one-on-one coaching. As anyone who's ever sat down and just watched another Henna artist work, you know that that kind of intimate sharing of skills and knowledge is invaluable. Add to that guidance, demonstration, and critique, and you have an ideal condition for maximum absorption. Some of the practical details: you can sign up for the whole weekend, highly recommended, or just one of the days. Saturday is more beginner-level classes, but if you're a pro henna artist who wants to learn Moroccan henna from the foundations on up, the classes on Saturday will not disappoint. For the Sunday classes, I think the beginners. We'll get a lot out of the classes on day two because of the hands-on coaching you'll get. Um, Because it's a small group, the instructors can work with each of you at whatever your particular skill level is. The full weekend is $250, which gives you full access to all classes, all the henna you want, a swag bag of henna goodies, and lunch both days. One day of the workshop is $150, and for that you get that full day of classes the henna you want a less swaggy swag bag and lunch for that day you're responsible for your own transportation and lodging and all other meals we will help you find good food and good lodging just join us on the facebook event page where we have lodging information posted and you can also connect with others who might want to share any questions you may have can be posted there and one of us will do our best to help you out tickets are on sale now at more dot brownpapertickets.com so that's more m-o-o-r dot brownpapertickets.com and this link will be on the blog page where you go to get the podcast and also please note that the quantities are limited and this is because we want to keep that really awesome student uh student to teacher ratio that i was talking about so here's Nick to start us off with this episode, followed by Nev and then Noam. I'm really looking forward to seeing you in New York next month. Enjoy. I'm here with Nick. I don't think he really needs a last name or anything. He's kind of like Cher or Sting. So um, Nick, you are the Sting of the Moroccan henna world. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, why not?
1: I someone else.
0: <laughs> Oh sure, sure. Share. I think you'd prefer share, right? Okay. Okay.
1: I would, yeah, honestly. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Sorry. Um
0: uh, the question that really springs to mind that I think you are the best person to answer is what makes this workshop different from all the other teaching we've done. Our book came out in 2010. You and I have taught together and separately in the intervening almost five years so what makes this workshop different than all those other classes we taught
1: so i i think it's it comes down to a few things first of all like i don't know if you feel this way but i really feel like since the book came out um i i've really had time to like myself gain a better understanding of the material and also um oh, yeah. you know I've been to Morocco since then also
0: yes.
1: um which helped a lot and so I feel like fine like really like it's all really coming together for me and and that's changing the way that I'm able to teach it yeah um so there's that um, and also, we've we've just learned more. There's more material now. Yes. Um. There's there's more to cover. There always will be. You know. But yeah. but um. But we have more information that we can share. So that's a, a big part of it. Yeah. Um. And also, you know, we've never really presented all of it. Like like we've never really had the opportunity to to do you know a to z on this stuff before. Yeah. It's so um, true. Just. Just, yeah, just because, you know, we've been limiting it to, you know, smaller, shorter classes. We haven't given ourselves this kind of opportunity of a full weekend to really do every little piece of this that we can get to.
0: That's true. The other thing I noticed is that since our book came out, when you do like a Google image search or either, either, or a Pinterest search for Moroccan henna, the stuff that comes up, is so cool there's so many people doing moroccan henna now and doing it in their own way and i'm even finding a lot more moroccan henna from morocco and so i think the whole climate of henna has changed and it makes it kind of feels more receptive to moroccan henna
1: yeah, I think so. I mean, that was kind of, I don't, and I'm not, I don't want, I don't think we're like solely responsible for no. it, but I feel like we played a part. Yeah. I think <laughs> um, we you know, opened a door. Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, we did one of the things that we set out to do was sort of to induce this kind of renaissance yes. of something that we thought, or it looked like at the time was really not getting the attention it deserved. Yeah. Cause it so, was out there. It was all out oh, there. Yeah.
0: We just pulled it all to the forefront, but, yeah, I think.
1: Right, and you know, it's it's enjoying this nice popularity right now, so that's great. <laughs> Goal yeah. accomplished. Yeah, right? exactly, exactly.
0: <laughs> and this is this is kind of a, an amorphous question. I'm not even sure where I'm going with this, but why do you think teaching Moroccan henna and teaching this weekend workshop is important in the greater scheme of things?
1: Um, I th- I think that you know, as any time that there's something sort of, um, I don't want to say new, because it's not new, but uh, <laughs> something different starts to happen in any kind of artistic context, when there's a movement in a, in a, a different direction, um, that, you know, it starts to get important to establish the roots of the whole thing, you know, where did mm-hmm. it come from? What are, who who learned it from who? And, and what's the sort of authenticity of the tradition? Um, and so, I feel like it's important for us to, us to share what we have put together over the years, um, because you know as as this idea of Moroccan henna design expands, especially among American henna artists, um, it is something you know. And I say this all the time; it's it's something that is really, really strongly steeped in a in a real live tradition in yeah. Morocco. Yeah. Um, and there's there's so much of it that is really important and symbolic and and does have real meaning and so I think that making sure that people learn about that as we go forward and as this you know as this uh style does enjoy more popularity I think it's important to make sure that people know where it all came from I mean at the at the very minimum yeah it has such a long history yeah
0: and also Moroccan henna in Morocco is changing so it's good to reinforce those roots and to kind of anchor it, anchor all of the changes in something, not necessarily limit it to that, but at least give it an anchor.
1: Right. And I like I like to point that out uh, when I'm teaching, because, you know, I say this all the time that Moroccan artists are insanely innovative as far as what they do. And they yeah. really are. And they always kind of have been. Um, and so we're participating in that partially um, as American artists who are reinterpreting their tradition. Um, We're making our own kind of tradition, but we also have to look and see that this isn't something it's not, you know, frozen in time, static kind of thing. Um, And so we can learn where it comes from, but also figure out sort of start to look at where it's going is equally important parts of our practice as artists.
0: Yeah, definitely. So to more practical matters. What, are the classes that you're
1: teaching we're teaching a few things i think you and i are teaching two classes together or is it three it actually might be all three it's all three i think (laughs) it's all three yeah um which will be fun we haven't talked together in a while yeah um we're gonna I mean we're really starting at the beginning, so we're gonna start out uh with your total basic building blocks, uh, which will be really nice to do. I haven't done a, a Moroccan from nothing course yeah. in a while yeah, me um, yeah so we're we're gonna go over all of you know when you look at Moroccan work, what are those shapes that you see, how do they go together, how do design the designs fit together um and you know touching on in that class a little bit about uh sort of where it all came from at the mm-hmm. beginning.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so there's that in our, I think that's the first session of the whole weekend, starting yeah. with basics. Yeah. Um, and then we're doing a couple of other really cool things. Um, we're going to be doing a step-by-step, step-by-step, uh, design course, which is something I sort of, I had this idea cause I started to do this in some of my classes and, and people really seemed to like it. It sort of really seemed to open, open things up for a lot of people and, and put yeah. their, um, get their understanding up to speed with their technical knowledge. because um, So what we're going to do is actually just spend time going through from the beginning to the finish all a whole bunch of different designs and motifs, drawing them out all together, um, working in pencil or in henna, whatever you feel comfortable doing Mm -hmm. in the class. Um, Because it's really important to see in real time how this stuff goes together just because it does go together so differently from Indian style and from other styles of henna design. That's one of the most important things that, you know, always comes up when I'm teaching Moroccan is that it's constructed in a really specific way. Yeah. So we're going to spend a lot of time on that, which I think will be really helpful for people to see how it all fits.
0: Yeah, it's like the real world application of all this kind of theoretical descriptions of what it is
1: yeah because yeah because we can describe and and show you you know individual motifs until we're blue in the face but until you sit down and do it with us from the beginning you know starting with drawing a zigzag to drawing a line to whatever it is um, it's it's practical it's practical application of that really Um, and then the next thing that we're going to be teaching uh, again together uh, is the advanced design class Mm -hmm. so for me, this is cool because in the in the time since the book came out, um, I know I have and probably you have too, I learned a lot more about um, just the specifics of the regional Moroccan styles of design, Yeah, uh, you know, where they come from individually, um, more about how they relate, and also learned a little bit more about some other styles that we hadn't really touched upon in yeah. the past. Yeah, yeah.
0: So,
1: so we're going to cover a lot of that, uh, which will be really fascinating. And, you know, it's like a, it's a survey course, almost looking at just each of these different things and and how they go together and where they came from as well, you know, as, as much as we're able to explain that. Yeah.
0: Do you think that the people who, um, who are there for the whole weekend and are more beginners are going to get something out of that advanced design class?
1: Yeah, I think so, you know, and when I'm designing courses, I always try and make it so that even if even if you aren't ready to use it right away, you'll use it, you know, in the future. Um yeah. it's it's, you know, it's adding knowledge to your basket really.
0: Yeah, um, and then you just pull it out when you're ready. Right.
1: You know, right. Like you've you're
0: um, at that stage.
1: Yeah, and you know, there's there's even if you feel like you're not ready to start branching out too much yet, it's all there for when you are, for yeah. when you're ready. And, you know, it, it'll help you contextualize what you are doing. So even if you start with basic, you oh, know, yeah, Fessy. true. If you start with basic Fessy Moroccan, it'll, this other advanced course will help you contextualize that in the scheme of things in Morocco, you yeah. know, in more grand scale. Because yeah. it it all exists together. And you can look, so look at those beneficial. designs.
0: And even if you don't feel like you can do them yet, you can see from what you learned in the basics class how that design is put together right yeah
1: yeah exactly you know mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll be pointing this out but the the styles even though often they look very different they're really closely related yeah. they're all they all have this intrinsic Moroccanness to them yeah. and we're going to be pointing that out so yeah like you said you'll be able to start picking up on stuff like that even if you aren't ready to start doing those types of designs right away
0: yeah yeah it's like somebody um you learn how to do like Indian fill and but you're not ready for full bridal but then when you look at an in, you know full bridal indian you can see the stuff that you learned and starts to kind of fit into that bigger the bigger picture
1: right exactly
0: yeah um and then is that it for the classes are we just doing design classes
1: well yeah and then we're doing the coaching of course yeah. which is going to be really cool yeah and all of us are going to be doing that all yeah. of
0: and features. that's on the last day we're going to be doing like standing over people and watching work <laughs> and answering questions and I don't know what I think it might devolve in or maybe not devolve but evolve into a group critique if people are up for that
1: yeah there are so many directions it could go I mean you know um I, I think that it'll be great just to have all of us instructors around um because you know like and this happens all the time when you're starting out, when you're getting the feel for something. If you run into a tight spot and you don't know what to do, well, you've got five people there who are yeah. totally willing to help you figure out what right. to do next. Yeah. And you
0: have other students who just sat through the same class as you did, and you can say, what would you do? What would you do?
1: Right. It's a really great way. It's And you know I planned it on purpose to have it be sort of the last thing in the weekend mm. because it's a really great way to, to really internalize everything that you've learned. I mean, it's, it's going to be a lot lot of information over the course of the weekend Um, and really spending some time actually working with it all is what's going to help you really cement that knowledge for yourself.
0: Yeah. It's true. A lot of times you take classes in whatever thing you're into and if you don't get the practical application of it right away, you come home from this amazing workshop and you're on your own.
1: Right. You just have to start
0: (laughs) working on that thing all by yourself.
1: Right. So not this time.
0: (laughs) So that takes me to my next question is what do you, where do you want students to be after this week and what do you want them to get out of
1: it? Um, You know, I want people to feel like they have two things sort of uh, together. Um, First of all, just a really good set of practical, you know, your practical application of the design aspect of it. Uh Um, I really want people to feel confident in their Moroccan because we are going to spend so much time putting it all together as a group and in these classes. Um, You know, so hopefully by the time the weekend is over, you'll feel like, any little kinks in your process that you've had some time to work them out in this group setting mm-hmm. uh, where a lot of the time we're all going to be you know, coming up against the same struggles, the same problems. So we're going to spend time actually working those out. Yeah. Um, so at the very minimum, I hope that students feel like they have a really solid understanding of how the designs actually work. Um, but in addition to that, I feel like there's going to be so much Incredible historical and cultural information that um, I don't think a lot of people really have all that much of a grasp of yet yeah uh, when it relates you know back to the the cultural history of the art form right. um, and so you know the next time somebody asks anybody who's been to this course, if you're out at, at an event or whatever, um, if somebody asks you well, what do these designs mean? where did they come from you'll have a lot more to share with them. Yes. Um, which I think is really important as yeah. we go forward.
0: That reminds me of Noam's class and my also my discussions with Noam at HennaCon, And I think all three of us have talked about this, about the different designs for the different um, genia. And, you know, some people might think, oh, I don't really care about the culture or the history, but with Moroccan henna more than any other style, I think the cultural underpinnings are so intertwined with the actual designs that I think, you know, the design stuff that we're doing and and then the history and the culture that Noam is doing, it's, it all just is like hand in glove in terms of people creating designs that are authentic in air quotes and, <laughs> you know, kind of pay homage to to the cultural aspects of it, but also, you know, they have their own voice within that.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's totally unique as a subject in that way. Like you said, the, the designs and the culture are there, they inspire each other. Um, you can't separate them at all, (laughs) which is really cool, I think. Um, so yeah, you know, it's important to know about that stuff as somebody who's working with this. Um, and it's, it is, you know, um, We've been able to learn so much, even in the past couple of years, uh, with a lot of help from Noam, uh, about what all of this stuff actually means. And that's fascinating because, you know, for so long, like, especially in in the sort of world of henna, um, there's been a kind of a search for meaning behind the designs and behind why to do this stuff. Um, And here, you know, we have it. Here we've found it from an authentic source. Yeah. Um, finally, it's like cracking the code or something, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, just as far as really what it actually does mean to create these certain types of designs for certain occasions, etc. cetera. Yeah. Um, and so that's going to be a big part of it. Um, and, you know, we've, we've individually started to touch on that a little bit here and there at some of our other teaching opportunities but this is going to be like the big one
0: (laughs) yeah it's like it's all kind of all these roads are converging you know we're going from just design elements to motifs that have meaning to motifs that make up a bigger meaning and then how those meanings connect to the daily lives of a Moroccan woman or a Moroccan person right doing henna or having henna
1: yeah And, and, you know, then in turn, how, what do they mean to us, (laughs) which I know Noam is going to talk about.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a really interesting subject and I don't really know where I come down on that. So I'll (laughs) I'll definitely be listening with uh, rapt attention when Noam talks about that. Yeah. Anything else you want to tell potential attendees about this workshop, why they should come to it?
1: Um I think it's I think it's going to be really fun. I mean if you've ever met any one of us <laughs> individually yeah. or taken classes with any one of us before that now think about all five of us in a room teaching you it's going to be really cool yeah yeah <laughs> because we all play so well off of each other when you know when we have had the opportunities to teach together yeah. um so it's going to be really incredible i really feel like i was so happy uh when nevin and rebecca agreed to help us because i feel yeah. like we assembled like a dream team oh totally totally <laughs> so, so that aspect of it is going to be incredible and you should not miss it
0: yeah yeah it's definitely something that's greater than the sum of its parts is that oh yeah saying yeah like you know nev and rebecca have very different styles from you and i and they have a different voice but bringing that into the whole moroccan thing is is i think that's kind of what the whole workshop is about
1: yeah i mean um you know it's about there are those of us like i've never been particularly great at fusion but that's why we are so many little parts that each one of us is going to be able to cover so well
0: yeah um, and have yeah, exactly. so much to say about yeah yeah and i'm really looking forward to rebecca showing the mechanics of working with henna paste because she just does it so beautifully or mm-hmm. every line that she makes is just so scrumptious so And that's something that I think is really key to Moroccan hen is making, you know, getting that kind of that authentic look to just the paste itself.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, yeah. Everybody has their little area. I'm looking forward to, I've never actually taken a class uh, with Nev about fusion before.
0: Yeah. me either. So that'll be
1: fascinating because <laughs> yeah. she marries these things so well. I don't know how she figures out yeah. what to put where, but it works. Like yeah. I really feel almost like she invented a style. I think so too. Which is super cool. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I definitely am going to be in her class taking notes and trying to learn something
1: from yeah. her. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, all right. Well, I think that's it. Um, I will see you in about a month and a half.
1: Cool. Yay. Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right. Bye, Nick. Bye. Bye. I am here with Nev or Genevieve Levin of Remarkable Blackbird. That's her username on a lot of the social media. So you may know her as that. Um, so Nev, you are giving a class at the more, more workshop (laughs) that's at the end of February. And could you describe your, or actually tell me the title of your class or the, what we think the title is now.
2: Sure. Um, I, I think we're calling it Moroccan fusion. Okay. And I'm really excited to be teaching that uh, along with all of you. Could you describe the class? Sure. Um, so basically, it's the idea of taking sort of the what we think of as the very traditional Moroccan linear lines with the shen and the the elements that you know you say, oh, that's Moroccan, right? And mixing it in with some more sort of new age, new Western culture designs, yeah, um, and marrying those two in a way that still keeps the feel of Moroccan, but has some new elements to it.
0: So what is it that you want your students to get out of the class? What do you want them to be able to do once they take your class?
2: Well, I think just getting some knowledge about how to put design elements together in a way that is going to be in harmony when you're Mm. using some really distinctively different designs, you know, you've got those straight jagged lines mixed with the soft flowing lines and that can either look really beautiful or it can look really jarring. And so I want to give some ideas on ways to make those flow well together um, structural things as well. You know, how to set up the whole element, all the elements to, to make a uniform piece. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah.
0: I think I need to take this class. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds great. And, um, are there going to be demos or hands-on or anything?
2: We might do demo or hands-on. A lot of times my teaching style is to give some information and then have people start doing it themselves, yes. okay. and then go around and offer some, you know, input to help for people to learn themselves. Right. Demos are great. You're going to see demos throughout the entire weekend. You've yeah. got some amazing artists who are going to be working. So, you know, those are great opportunities to look over someone's shoulder. But if people really yes. want a demo, we can certainly do that.
0: Yeah. And the you're teaching the class on the advanced day, which is Sunday. Yeah. And part of that day is a lot of one-on-one coaching so I think it'll be great for people to go to your class and then actually have time to sit down and practice those things that you're talking about and get coaching from you it's going to be amazing
2: yeah it really is going to be a lot of fun
0: (laughs) Um, I I mean,
2: you know, there's so much about balance when you're talking about mixing different elements. It's Mm. much simpler, I think, to put lines with lines, you know, or circles with circles or flow with flow and straight with straight. So it becomes a more complex thing as visual language When we start to sort of, it's sort of like somebody speaking French, English, and Russian all at the same time. (laughs) You know, there's a way, I've heard people do it, and it sounds beautiful, but it can also sound just very strange. Yeah,
0: jarring, as you said. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So I think, you know, it's sort of like figuring out, how does this language go with this language?
0: Yeah. I would also liken that to the way sometimes people combine musical styles, you know, like Indian Mm -hmm. with hip-hop or... Absolutely. Yeah, and that can definitely sound very jarring because you probably have heard both styles and then to hear them together it could be amazing or frightening.
2: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually just about to start DJing at my local dance and the, that's one of the things. It's like how to mix the music so you're getting a variety without it sort of jarring the body as you're dancing. Yeah. So yeah, it all true. comes back to the same thing. It's like how do you create something that makes the viewer feel as though it was just supposed to be that way. Yeah. Well,
0: speaking of that, that kind of leads me to my next thing is w- when I look at your Moroccan fusion work, it just looks so effortless. And I wonder if it feels effortless for you, or do you go through a lot of pain and suffering to get that <laughs> effortless look to your work?
2: Um, I, you know, I don't go through a lot of pain and suffering with Moroccan. It's, It was funny, when I first was trying to learn it, it was incredibly hard, and I almost Hmm. just completely gave up. And then I took a class with Nick on Moroccan, and he just shed light on it in this way that my brain just clicked.
0: Yeah, you got to flip over to a new way of thinking, definitely.
2: Absolutely. And so... And my strength had never been like the Indian style henna either. So that sort of filling up a space was difficult for me. I was much more about, you know, giving a lot, filling up space with a long line, Mm. like a lot of flowy lines. Mm -hmm. But the second that it clicked in, Moroccan just became this really effortless thing. And Mm. so for me, it hasn't been hard to do the fusion. It's sort of like feels the most authentic to my style to do the fusion whereas like the Indian that's a challenge for me for sure
0: yeah interesting so you need a nick for your Indian stuff to get your brain to click into that (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was going to ask you why you think this class is advanced level as opposed to beginner level
2: well I think that it's vital to learn the basics. You know, Um, it's really important to get all the foundation down and then you Mm -hmm. can break the rules. Yeah. So it's, you know, I think it's advanced in that you've gone through the learning how to do it Mm -hmm. and then you can take it apart and see where you want to undo it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a really great um, point. And I think a lot of us want to jump right into doing you know, Indian bridal when we first start out and uh you first gotta master like the humps and the humps, uh, (laughs) exactly. And the Paisley You
2: you know, it's like when you see people's work, you can tell. Like for me, like a hump is still hard. No matter how many times times I do a hump, it just never comes out clean and crisp and beautiful. So I'm constantly practicing it because I feel as though I haven't got that base down yet. But um it's you know it's all a long journey of practice right oh yeah i'm still practicing <laughs> <laughs> um
0: i i was going to ask you what you think are the key elements of good moroccan fusion but i think you already answered that mm. um can I mean, you that, sorry I go ahead
2: to that for a sec yeah, yeah. sure I think that what really makes good Moroccan fusion is taking something that's really yours, something that you feel comfortable with Mm -hmm. so that it's sort of a natural flow and then marrying that with your knowledge of Moroccan. So learning, like we were just saying, like learning that basic and then taking your own style. And if you don't know what your own style is, it's a good opportunity to sort of like discover that style and say, you know, what is the element that sort of speaks to me the most? And, um, you know, I think we the the whole community goes through cycles of styles, but there's always a way that you can sort of find your own com- combination of designs and how you put those marks yeah. down that yeah. that allows other people to be like that is so and so yeah. yeah,
0: and I notice this when i'm trying to learn a new style, and I 'm copying other people's designs to get a feel for them, and while i 'm copying them, I'm already like, "Oh, I want to break the rules," and I just <laughs> take note of how. And where I want to break the rules. Mm-hmm. And Seems I try like and tap top. into that later when I it is time to break them.
2: Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's such a new tradition here in the West. Yeah. And so I think there's a lot of, you know, breaking the rules. And it's just also really great when you see people who are who are really paying homage to the long, long history and tradition of henna.
0: Yeah. And without giving away everything for free, mm-hmm. um, what do you think is the one thing that really differentiates breaking the rules of Moroccan as opposed to fusing Moroccan with another or other styles?
2: Oh, I don't know how to answer that. Can I don't you... know
0: if there's just one or two. Sorry, can I watch?
2: <laughs> can you just like say it again?
0: What do you think is the one thing that differentiates breaking rules and fusing styles
2: uh i don't i don't really understand um well
0: (laughs) that's fine so we were talking about breaking the rules of moroccan and and how it's different from fusion Hmm. so i just wonder if there's like one or two things that you think are key to differentiating between those two things breaking the rules and fusing
2: I don't know. I guess I don't know if I do think that they're different. Like I oh, think okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that's just I mean, my I thing. <laughs> when you put fusion into it, like fusion is kind of breaking I mean the rules yeah, it are is, all it is breaking. history. So it's sort of like breaking the rules is doing something that's not historical, right?
0: Yeah.
2: Um, so I think that fusion is, is uh Yeah. Like what I said before, you're sort of paying homage and you're using a lot of the marks that are traditional, but you're you're also adding elements that have never been there before. Yeah. So that's that's not a great answer. No, that's okay. I mean, it's, it, it also shows,
0: you know, that we have, you and I have different views on what those things are. And so it's interesting to hear your perspective too.
2: Yeah. I mean, what would you say? I'm curious. Um. I guess
0: I think of breaking the rules as being a little bit more subtle, like, you know, instead of doing like, you know, the sawtooth edge, you instead do like a, um, you know, a hump edge or something like that. Mm -hmm. Although that's kind of pulling in like an Indian style or maybe just doing kind of a weird layout, but with very Moroccan elements. To me, Mm -hmm. that's breaking the rules. And then fusion is actually pulling in a whole other style, like doing very linear Moroccan with golf flowers or something mm-hmm. or I Indian can fill or something. I don't know. It's a, it's a subtle difference, I guess. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's all right. You know, yeah. it that's all cool. works. I think it's, that's part of the thing that's so exciting about this class mm-hmm. is like, this is new. This is something we're sort of designing in the moment, you yeah. know, yeah. it hasn't been done before. So you know, there's this wonderful mixture in Moroccan designs when you don't look just at one like area of Moroccan, because there is I think one of the things that sort of got me going on the fusion was seeing in Moroccan design some of the other elements that are used sometimes, but yeah. they weren't used that much. Right. So the Marrakeshi, like I'm not I'm probably not saying that right. Marrakeshi, but that right? more flowy kind of Look
1: yeah. was so
2: exciting to me when I saw it juxtaposed to that real linear look, and then, right. so for me that was sort of a natural transition because I've yeah. always loved opposites. I've lo- always wanted, contrast, you know, yeah. yeah. It's I just think that's so striking when done well. Yes. Um, so it really is kind of like taking what's already there. So I guess in some ways it's not breaking the rules; it's just like pushing them a little further.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know,
2: it's like saying, oh, okay, so this is a little flowy element. And this is a straight line, linear element. Let's yeah. let's see how far those things can get pushed before they just don't work together. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. So I think it's mo- it's not really such stark differentiation between breaking the rules and fusion. It's more like a continuation. And you know, you just break the rules so much that you're off into fusion land. And then, like mm-hmm. you said, you see how far you can push it before it just breaks.
2: Right. And That's Moroccan really art is. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, I was just, it gets me very excited. The whole thing yeah. like, is such a cool thing. Yeah,
0: concept. me too, me too. And it's funny because Moroccan artists are very adept at mixing styles. Like when Nick and I were writing the book, we were talking about very strict differentiation between, I keep saying that word, between certain regional styles. And the more we look at Moroccan henna, the more we realize that these artists just borrow from all over. So you'll see a Marrakeshi artist doing what we would call a fessy design and fessy artists doing Khaliji, which is from the gulf and they pull in like indian stuff and they pull in gulf stuff so they're already kind of the masters of Mm -hmm. breaking the rules by borrowing from other moroccan styles and then fusing by pulling in like gulf and indian
2: which is what's so great about the world as it is right now is that we're in this really global place, and yeah. we're actually able—a a, lot—due in part to you and Nick's work of bringing yeah. it to us. You know, we're able to see this real shift in you know what's going on all over the world. We're yeah. not having to just look at our own art, and I think yeah. that that is creating, a, you know, two things. One thing that's really interesting which is, you know, being able to do more fusion type stuff. But also another thing, which is actually a struggle of mine, is that everything's starting to become like too similar. Yeah, exactly. And so I think that it's really an interesting dialogue that we continue to have about how to make something our own. Is there something that's our own?
0: Is it original?
2: Is there actually (laughs) ever anything that's original? you know, mm. and how to, you know, work in this more global space where, you know, I can look at a golf artist posting on Instagram and they can look at me and then we can just swap designs right yeah. like that. Yeah. You know, exactly. It's amazing.
0: Exactly. Yeah. It's so. Sad. Wow. This is going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to your class. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to learn a lot from you.
2: <laughs> oh, well, I always learn a lot from you. Oh, all right. It's going to be so much fun. I can't yeah, wait. I know. I mean, Yeah very exciting and um, you know you're doing so much fusion too but yeah, you're lately. doing it in this different way that's really exciting to me like you're doing the cross hatch over with like I, I don't even know what that style is but it's really fun
0: uh, I don't know either <laughs> for me fusion is very new I really do I'm just kind of in uncharted waters with fusion so um, but I'm liking it
2: yeah I don't know I think you are a fusion artist from the get go
0: <laughs> well i think i'm more just a rule breaker nobody's gonna, okay nobody's gonna tell me what to do
2: <laughs> right uh,
0: but yeah all right well i will see you in about a month and a half oh my goodness in person so in soon. the flesh yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> all right well
0: thanks again for talking to me and enjoy yeah, this lovely okay. cold and sunny day
2: yeah you have a good day too Ken. okay Bye. bye, bye. <laughs>
0: I'm here with Noam Siena and he is freezing his butt off in Toronto right now. And I'm freezing my butt off in New York city, but we're on Skype to have a nice warm conversation about more and more the um, weekend of Moroccan mastery. So hi Noam. Hi. Hello. Uh, So I wanted to ask you a few questions about the workshop and hear your perspective on things. So you can share that with our future attendees. So, um, this is kind of a very Jewish question. What makes this conference different from different. All, of <laughs> all other conferences? Well, makes... all other conferences, but also other teaching that we've done, because we've all sure. taught in a lot of different environments. So sure. I want to see how you describe the differences between all of that, or amongst all of those.
3: Sure. Well, I think the first sort of obvious uh, uh, difference is that. The focus of this weekend on Moroccan henna allows the 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 classes to go into different areas and focuses, and um, you know what usually happens is like when I teach about henna, um, I, I generally don't teach about Moroccan henna. I generally talk t- talk about more general themes about the history of henna or Mm -hmm. about Jewish henna and, 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 you know, there'll be one section of my talk, which will be about Morocco, five minutes, you know, 20 minutes, maybe if it's it's a long talk about Morocco, um, or even at a henna conference where we have a class about Moroccan henna, even then that's one class out of the whole conference. So, um, you sort of have to squeeze everything into one class, whereas allowing the whole weekend workshop to be about Moroccan henna uh, is going to allow, like, it's going to allow me to really expand, as it were, um, and, and sort of open up not just not just the generic sort of run through, not just the surface level, like here's the five minute summary, but yeah. really get into some of the things that I'm most passionate about. I, I uh, really excited to talk about um, like J- Moroccan Jewish Henna traditions for mm-hmm. an extended period of time to talk about Moroccan henna rituals, and not just you know i I, I teach a class about henna rituals and i 'll throw in like an example from Morocco here and there among the other examples, but to have a whole class to be able to talk about the ways that um, that Henna appears in in ceremony and ritual in morocco i 'm really excited about opportunity to share some of the deeper pieces of my research which don't always make it to the surface you know there's yeah. there's sort of um like I have my my spiel as we say my 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 speech my standard henna lecture yeah. right yeah. And, and 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 I feel like uh you know I've taught in a lot of different places <laughs> excuse me I've taught in a lot of different places and I've uh uh but there are certain you know there are certain pieces of my research which always come up they're sort of like the very the very I don't want to say obvious, but there are some pieces of my research which have become sort of the immediate uh, uh, examples that I go to, and then there are other pieces of my research which have been sort of buried that don't make it to the surface quite as often. Um, You know, like there there's touch points when I talk about the history of henna, and I have ten minutes or half an hour or even an hour to talk about the history of henna. There's there's certain there's like the five main points that I know I have to cover, Uh, and then if there's time, you know, I I can add. A little treat and so this i feel like this whole workshop weekend is going to be like a whole weekend of like treats that
0: yeah that, uh,
3: are, are, are gonna make it uh to the surface that i have enough time to really delve into them so i think that's really exciting and and i think the the people who come are really going to get uh, a lot out of it
0: what what exactly are the classes that you're teaching can you give us the uh, little run through? so i or... think
3: i'm doing i'm doing one each day mm-hmm. uh Uh, and, uh, one is about the, uh, history and culture of henna in Morocco, Mm uh, overall. Uh, and the other one is about the use of henna in ritual and ceremony in Morocco. And of course, obviously in both classes, I'm going to be talking about both Muslim and Jewish traditions. And, uh, uh, I'll, I'll try and give them both equal footing, although, um, Obviously my, my own work is, is more focused on, on Jewish tradition than, uh, um, but you know, these traditions go back and forth enough anyway that they're, that, that, that they'll both get, they'll both get plenty of time. And so the first class we're going to be talking about, um, for starting from the earliest records that we have of henna in Morocco, which, uh, go all the way back to the Roman settlements in North Africa in, uh, what was it was then known as the roman province of mauritania which is not the country of mauritania that we know today but yeah. but what is today morocco and tunisia um well, Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia, and mm-hmm. Libya—even uh, parts of it—were um, uh, first Phoenician settlements. The, the ancient city of Carthage, uh, and then when Carthage was destroyed during the Punic Wars, uh, it became a Roman settlement. And those are some of the earliest records that we have of henna in North Africa. And we'll, so we'll start there, and we'll move all the way through. Uh, the uh, Islamic conquest the uh, middle ages the the back and forth culturally between medieval Spain and Morocco mm. uh, of course the the name moor itself uh, is is uh, alluding to the cultural flourishing and vibrancy uh, of of artistic and aesthetic and literary culture that developed uh, uh, with the interchange of populations, both Jewish and Muslim and even Christian, between what today we know as North Africa and Al-Andalus, Spain and Portugal, which in those days were really sort of part of the same cultural worlds. And people went back and forth and ideas went back and forth and books and art and and goods went back and forth. You know, Maimonides, for example, the great Jewish thinker was born in in Cordoba, what is today Mm -hmm. Spain, uh, but uh, uh, spent um, his formative educational years in Fez in Morocco. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he he ended up in in Egypt for other reasons, but that's, you know, that those, so we're going to spend some time talking about the, the way that henna fits into this vibrant back and forth, culturally speaking uh, in the middle ages. Uh, And then some of the earliest records of um, uh, the kinds of Moroccan henna designs that we love that are going to be so prominent in the workshop uh, some of the very early descriptions from European travelers from the 1700s uh, and some early photographs from the 1800s and 1900s that mm-hmm. show the evolution of Moroccan henna designs uh, uh, into what we know and love today. And again, these are pieces that I don't always get to talk about. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're uh, really very exciting. There's some really beautiful sources, some really stunning photographs. People are going to really, I think, really enjoy uh, uh, seeing this kind of stuff. So that's the history class um and then the the ritual class we're going to talk about ways in which henna appears in uh or, or has appeared in uh the lives of uh Moroccans both Jewish and Muslim mm-hmm. in at significant uh uh life cycle passages and in other transitions um so uh life cycle events like from birth starting at birth of course uh entry into childhood which takes different forms in the Jewish and Muslim communities: mm-hmm. circumcision, entry into school, um, puberty ceremonies, bar mitzvah ceremonies, uh, weddings, of course, the, uh, the, the height of any, uh, the, the sort of the most prominent of any life cycle ceremony, weddings, um, uh, and, uh, uh and then funerals. Um, and, uh, I think what's, again, what's really great is that we'll have enough time to really talk about um, a lot of more obscure pieces that I don't always get to talk about. Uh, And what I'm going to try and do in that class, which I think is really important, is to show ways in which, as henna artists working today, we can draw on these traditions in our own work. Um, You know, to help... uh, to help our clients use henna to create meaningful moments for themselves or Mm -hmm. for their families. You know, when we're uh, hired uh, as henna artists, sometimes we're hired as artists uh, and sometimes we are hired as um, ritual helpers or facilitators, as I like to say. And I think we've, we've spoken about this before on the, on the podcast, what does it mean to be a ritual facilitator? So hopefully I'll be able to open my, um, My bag of tricks a little bit and and talk about some of the traditions that we can use borrowing and of course in this case i'll be talking specifically about morocco you know some of the moroccan traditions for weddings and for births and for coming of age ceremonies that we can use um, in our own work some of the poet i'll be bringing some of the poetry from henna ceremonies uh some of the uh the childhood traditions, which uh, which have really beautiful, uh, um, can be really beautifully adapted to work with with contemporary families, uh, things like that. So that's I'm really excited about that too. That's the second class.
0: It kind of sounds like this is your dream teaching opportunity. It is,
3: yeah. It really, <laughs> it really I really, it really is, and I'm really, uh, you know, I'm sorry that we only have a weekend. You know, I wish you we know. could do like a, a week long immersion. I um, know it's
0: so but, packed
3: but uh yeah it it is going to be packed but it's going to be really great and i i am really uh really excited to be to be included and uh you know i think there's there was some there's been some discussion in the behind the scenes about how to break up the five of us is it like nick and kenzie and guest artists noam now? Ne- and rebecca or is it kenzie nick and noam and guest artists nev and rebecca and i place myself firmly in the guest artist category but i've been seeing some promotional material that seems to imply that i'm (laughs) like one of the the three like ringleaders i think you
0: are because i I, think the three of us are like a tripod for moroccan henna yeah you know nick's more design you're more culture history and i kind Mm of um span the two i'm yeah. the generalist yeah yeah and then yeah
3: I guess uh, the tripod the trifecta yeah.
0: yeah the, the triumvirate tri- <laughs> <right>? yeah,
3: <okay. laughs>
0: the trident i don't know yeah, tri- <laughs> tri- <laughs> yeah, tri- <laughs> i'm sure there's some nice um yeah. but i i am i am
3: very honored to, uh, to be included with that uh... well
0: i'm i'm i know it sounds weird to say that too but i'm honored too that we get to do this because yeah. uh this has just been a huge it's been a huge part of my life and this has been kind of a dream to create a workshop like this that spends two days, like you said, I wish it were a week, but just two days, just complete immersion in Moroccan henna is just. It's great. I
3: I was actually looking through some, some old email, uh, uh, this morning. And I, and I ended up, uh, looking at the, the emails that the very first emails I ever sent to you and Nick before the first Moore book was published, Eh was still coming out um and we we had never met i don't think i no. i don't think i met nick yet maybe I? I maybe maybe i, I hadn't i think i had met nick but not you yeah yeah so i and i and, and, and it was just these funny emails i was <laughs> just reading them like yeah i was like you know reaching out to you like i i know that you've written your your whole book but uh i i just if you have any room to to <laughs> like include anything uh here's some tidbits of information that yeah. i be honored to, to share. um, And then sort of thinking about how far it's, how far we've all grown from there in in friendship and collegiality and and art.
0: And those, those suggestions that you made kind of really opened up a new world for me too. Mm. And that's got me thinking, you know, what else can we do (laughs) with (laughs) all of this knowledge that we have? You know, I kind of feel like more just sort of scratched the surface. Oh, for sure. And so, I don't know. It's a. It, I'm. Uh, it's very like titillating to think about where it's where it could go from here.
3: Where could it go from here?
0: So, um, what do you think? I don't know if you want to go down this path, but what do you think? Our students, our attendees, or the rest of the community of people who love Moroccan Henna can yeah. expect from this triumvirate plus two?
3: <laughs> what can expect? A lot of fun for sure. Yeah. A lot of a uh, uh, really good laughter and fun times and support i think part of um what's so great it, about this kind of a focused weekend is that we're all here to support each other mm-hmm. uh learning and improving in this very specific area so you know we're all here to to celebrate moroccan henna um artistically culturally aesthetically you know so you know uh the hands-on feedback and critique that people are going to be able to get from really some of the, the masters, I think is, is a really amazing opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, the ability to just be all together in a room and, and feel that energy, I think, is going to be really inspiring artistically to, um, to everyone, whether it's, you know, for some of the more veteran artists who, you know, feel like they, uh, need like a, a spark to really get them thinking in new ways about Moroccan henna mm-hmm. to some of the newer artists who feel like they want to learn more about Moroccan henna, but don't, don't, you know, ha- don't like quite have the doorway in like this is going to yeah. really uh, uh, invite them in, um, in that way to, to really experience it and and, and try it out and, and get their foot in the door. Um you know, so I think I think there's going to be something for everyone. I think it's going to be something different for everyone. Yeah. I think there's really going to be uh, uh, something that they that, that everyone can can take away. I think everyone's going to learn something about Moroccan henna. I I think I'm probably going to learn stuff yeah. about Moroccan henna oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, uh, I think we're we're all going with the attitude that we all want to learn together, and yeah. I think that's that's going to be really great. And it's not, you know, you know, we're going to, you know, some of us are going to want to catch up with old friends and some of us are going to want to network and some of us are going to want to get lots of henna, you know, those are always going to be there in any henna meetup. But, but I think this particular meetup, maybe more so than others is, is really, we all want to learn and celebrate and, and push each other together in, in a in a supportive way so i, th- I think that's going to be really amazing yeah
0: and it's a small group too you know the, yeah so the one-on-one attention and interaction is going to be huge i think we we're going to have like a um one teacher to five student ratio of course you may be in a big class with you know the full the full right. attendance but right. in terms of one-on-one there's going to be a lot of it
3: yeah, it's going to be small enough that that people can really, you know, like some of the bigger conferences that I've been to, you know, the the instructors are you know, you, you can't even get to them. Sante, yeah,
0: they're like they're, superstars. They're they're superstars. Yeah. There
3: there's like, I think this is everyone's going to really get to interact with with everyone else, and that's yeah. going to be a big learning experience.
0: Yeah, I know. After talking to Nev about her class, I was like, oh, I can't wait to go to this class. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. That'd yeah, nice. and then um, we were also talking about Rebecca's class and and you know i got a little taste of it in, in at HenneCon, but i really mm. want to be in this small environment and mm-hmm. see how Rebecca works with the mechanics of henna and makes her lines look so yummy and how that translates into an even yummier Moroccan henna design. So yeah. That's yeah. And I think there's no too. substitute
3: for watching somebody do it in person. Right. And
0: watching close up and we'll close and up. You can also sit there, you know, a few feet away and practice your own and so su- you know, another there's instructor no can be there there's saying, no yeah, that's right. Or here, why don't you try this?
3: Yeah. No, there's, yeah. there's, there's no substitute for sure. Uh,
0: So maybe, maybe you've already answered this question, but the, the other question I had was, what do you think the students will get out of it? But I think maybe you've answered it. What do you think?
3: Yeah, I think, um, I think it's going to be up to the students and and that's always the case with, with, uh, with any kind of educational opportunity. Um, the students are going to get out of it. What, what they've come to get out of it. and, And maybe they'll be surprised, um, yeah. I, I think that's so maybe that would be my piece of advice is come prepare to be surprised. I think that's yeah. one of the things that i um that I love about about Moroccan henna is that it's it's often very surprising yeah. um and some of the i think some of the the most innovative work that I've seen in henna has been drawn from from Moroccan or north african yeah. um styles i I think whether, you know, it's going to be, wow, I didn't realize that I could do this in henna and make this look cool, mm-hmm. or whether it's going to be, wow, I didn't realize how easy this is if, you know, with this one little, oh, if I just hold my hand like this, then it it comes out, you know, or some of the layout and design classes that I know that you and Nick are going to yeah. do, that, that really are going to help people see like, oh, you know, like that's
0: how it all works. Gonna, that's how it all gets put uh, together. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I
3: think I think students are gonna really take it up a level. Whatever wherever their level is, they're gonna go up a level yeah. in their in their Moroccan work and, and in their henna work in general. But specifically in their Moroccan work, wherever they are, they're 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 gonna come away with something surprising that they yeah. that they won't know that's gonna that's gonna really uh, up the game.
0: I think that the Something that might be surprising to some people if they're coming to learn henna, the mechanics of henna, the, you know, Mm -hmm. how to do the designs, and they're very Mm -hmm. focused on the actual application of henna. Mm -hmm. I think they'll be happy to get your information to round out their knowledge and kind of explain why Moroccan henna is the way it is, how it became what it is. And then also, just on a more practical level, you know, you're doing henna for a client and they say, oh, how is henna used in Morocco or, you know, what does this symbol mean? Or I want a design that's like a wedding design. They'll have that cultural and historical knowledge to be able to, to be a more well-rounded artist for their clients.
3: And I think that's really important, especially with Moroccan henna, because I feel like a lot of what I do is answering like, wait, I didn't, I didn't know they did henna in Morocco. Like like, doesn't (laughs) henna come from India? Like what, what, like, how is it different from it? You know? Mm -hmm. So I feel like as hen artists working, uh, uh, in North America, especially, um, we really, uh, uh, can do a, a service here. Um, if w- we have the knowledge and you don't need so much knowledge. I mean, after this weekend, yeah. people are come away with enough knowledge to be able to say, oh, You know, actually, henna has a really long history in Morocco. Let me tell you some of the characteristics of Moroccan design. Let me tell you this thing about Moroccan henna that's really interesting. Like, look at this little motif here. You know, it represents the the, the eye or the hand or whatever. Um, You know, that, I think, is really going to... really enhance the the client relationship because especially because we get that question around moroccan henna so much whoa this Mm -hmm. looks so different i've never seen henna like this before where does it come from why is it different why is it different yeah Yeah. so i I think this will really uh be really hopefully be really helpful to to people who want to incorporate moroccan henna into their into their henna work here um and and be able to sort of give it the appropriate uh uh respect and grounding that it that it deserves
0: yeah, I noticed that when I'm working with my clients, I think it makes their experience more special if they're learning something from mm-hmm. me. And then I also kind of pick and choose the information. Um, you know, like if the client says they're Jewish and, you know, they're, they wish that this were part of Jewish culture and I say, well, actually yeah, it is. We, and let I me tell you, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> poof, it's done. Yeah. Um, so I feel like it makes me a better, I just, create a better product for my client, mm-hmm. whether mm-hmm. just the design or just the whole experience mm-hmm. of them sitting mm-hmm. there soaking in this information. A hundred percent. Yeah. So, uh, and it's funny because a lot of times when I teach, I feel like people's eyes glaze over when I talk about history and culture, but I'm hoping that some of it gets through. And, <laughs> yeah, um, that's and always it, my, and I think your classes will definitely. Um, I hope so. Get it through. Yeah. I hope so. so is there anything else you want to talk about with regard to the workshop and why Everyone should sign up for it as soon as possible.
3: Yeah, I think I think everyone should really sign up for it, and I think everyone should um, should definitely tell their friends and spread the word. I'm really hoping that um, one thing that I'm really hoping is that this Hannah workshop isn't just like a reunion of the same old crowd. Not that I don't mm. love you and and <laughs> I, you know but I feel like this is a really good opportunity to get uh, people who are not part of the, like, in-group, go-to-every-conference, know-every-other-Henna-artist yeah. clique, but, like, expand and people who are who have been working in Henna but maybe aren't part of that circle or people who are just starting with Henna or people who are interested in Henna. You know, because it's such a small environment and it's such an accessible chunk, like, it's not, like, a huge conference. It's not a huge, like, overwhelming experience. Right. It's going right. to be very manageable. It's going to be very accessible. It's going to be really very friendly and hands-on, and, and and there's going to be a lot of, you know, personal attention and, and small group time and things like that. I think this is a really great – so I'm really hoping that people, you know, are going to spread the word so that it's going to be a, a really diverse crowd of people, and that's going to, I think, create a really great atmosphere.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, I think that, uh, that about does it for my questions. Wonderful. Um, all right. Thanks for sharing your insight into this and also telling us more about your classes. I'm excited Great. to sit in I'm on them. Looking
3: forward to seeing you soon.
0: I know. I'll see you in about a month and a half.
3: All right. All right. See you.
0: Thanks. Bye, Noam. Bye. Bye. There's not much more I can say that hasn't already been said there. So I will just keep it really simple and say, please sign up for the more, more workshop. The class is already half full and we don't want you to miss out again. The tickets are on sale now at more, M-O-O-R dot I'll put the link on the blog so you can get it there. Thank you to Nash Kerm for the photo. Thank you, Shlomi Cohen for the music. And thank you to everyone for listening. I do it all for you guys. Thank you. Bye.